Hi fellow Agilists. I've been in agility for 18 years and before that I was using traditional approaches for another 14 or 15 years. That's why I've got lots of grey hairs in my head and less hairs than I used to have. What would I say to my younger self if it was possible to talk to my younger self as an agility practitioner, as a coach, as a trainer? I think one of the first things that I would look at is a learning I had from a colleague that I had from Ireland where he had a chat with me well over a decade ago now. And he said, don't they teach you agile people anything about people and change? And at the time, I had to say, well, from my perspective at the time, the answer was yes. I wasn't aware of any people and change learning for people in agility at the time. I wasn't aware of the J-curve, the Kubler-Ross change curve, where when you start off with some level of performance and you want to put a change in and you want to go to another level of performance, I didn't appreciate that in a lot of cases, most cases, performance gets worse before it gets better. I didn't have an appreciation for the Tuckman model. The Tuckman model is a model, all models are wrong, some are useful. The forming, storming, norming, performing. I didn't appreciate enough how long it takes for a team to get to norm. We have the honeymoon period of forming and then storming, a little bit of tension, hopefully healthy conflict, and then we move on to norming and later on maybe performing. I didn't get the problems that there are with setting up scrum teams dedicated to projects because by the time teams went through the J-curve or went through the Tuckman phases to achieve really high performance and there would be a number of J-curves as well and a number of Tuckman journeys as people leave and join the team and as other improvements are added to the teams. I didn't appreciate the devastating impact that closing down a project has on a high-performing team. The second best team I ever worked with, it took me nine years to find another team as good as them, was a project team, and it took them four months to get to performing, and then they were really rocking and rolling, they were really awesome. And the project stopped at the end of eight months because there was no more funding for that project. A project is an artificial construct to get money to get some work done. And there was no other way to keep that team in place. And I found that sad. So when people say to me, oh, I've got this project that's three weeks long. I'm thinking of using Scrum. Don't get me wrong, I love Scrum. I'm a Scrum trainer. I say to them, don't use Scrum. Just meet every day. By the time you figure out what Scrum is, Scrum Master Product and all these kind of things, your head will be spinning and you'll miss your deadline. So be careful with change. It's not all sunshine and honey. It's difficult. It's a hard road. A lot of these approaches are very easy to understand, but they're very difficult to do. And even though people intuitively get a lot of the approaches, a lot of our behavior is driven by the structure of the organization, by the way we get measured. So what's also important when you're looking at people and change and looking at behaviors you can start with behaviours, but at some point you'll realise that actually the way people are behaving is being driven by how they get measured, how they get promoted.
then what you notice is that people are really just trying to make the best and they're trying to swim in brown stuff, as I put it. I think you know what I mean by brown stuff. And they just try to struggle on and muddle along, if you like. And muddling on is sometimes a valid strategy, but sometimes there's a much better way to actually sit back and say, you know what, we need to reorganize this because this is a mess. And we're just coping. So thinking about the system, thinking about people and change, realizing that executive agility unlocks organizational agility. We've got lots of methods for teams. Teams find that hard. Lots of methods for teams of teams and for leaders and lots of approaches for mid-level leaders. But there's not much for executive leaders. And this is what we're trying to tackle. And if I had my time back, I'd probably work a little bit sooner on the whole topic of executive agility. On top of that, what I would say to myself is, if I was to work in non-tech, try to understand the business domain, try to understand the technical domain. I would say that in tech as well, but more so in non-tech, because I often get a lot of antibodies from my customers. I don't get them anymore, but I used to get them until I started adapting my behavior. What I do now is I spend a lot of time researching and understanding the business domain, researching and understanding the technical domain, so that I can be credible, so that people might actually listen to what I have to say. They might still not listen, but I have a better chance. And people don't say to me anymore, oh, John's from software, because I try to relate to people in their language. If there were 10 options that I thought of before I was aware of their domains, after I learned what I needed to learn, I'd normally learn those two or three options only available to them. And that makes me a lot more credible as a practitioner, as a coach, as a trainer. Also in non-tech, even though one could say that can't you deliver something in 30 days, in non-tech it's a bit more difficult. And I find that Kanban is a more suitable approach in non-tech. As soon as you can get teams and teams of teams to get their work items, product backlog items down to less than 30 days, you can then maybe start considering Scrum because that's designed for delivering value in 30 days or less and it's very popular and it's very commoditized, so easy to understand, I guess, but still difficult to do properly. But still, it means that you have more available training to you. That said, another little thing I would say to myself is be careful about using decision trees to figure out what might be the right approaches for the right teams. Using some kind of logic about where Scrum is appropriate, where Kanban is appropriate. Even what I just said now, you can almost cancel it because context is king, actually. And a lot of the time, what influences me the most about what people should be doing is what do the people believe. And while I do want to stretch people's beliefs, I don't want to start from a position that's completely at odds with what people believe. Because it's quite likely as soon as I turn my back, as soon as I take a day off, that people will be doing what they used to do and there the change ends. The last thing I would say to you as well is be aware of lip service and embrace people who are being negative, who are being skeptical, who are being critical. I really value people who care enough to tell me that they see genuine challenges and issues with what's in front of them in terms of agility. I really appreciate people telling me this 
And I appreciate that a lot more than people telling me everything's fine, they'll do what they say they'll do, and they made their own commitments. I don't impose things on people. People make their own commitments, and I invite them to do things, and they make their own commitments. But if they do so almost cynically and just they never plan to really do that, that's really damaging. So finding some way to detect when lip service is going on because you could lose a lot of time on lip service. And frankly, I try to help the people who want to be helped. That's what I would say to myself. Thank you.